welcome to the Life Central Podcast, the podcast where we answer the big and the not so big questions as we seek to go deeper and wider in our journey with Jesus. Each episode, we'll be joined by a host of special guests who will speak life and wisdom into the topics that really matter. I'm your host, Debs Brennan, and on this episode of the Life Central Podcast, I sit down with Sarah Jane, Steve, and Leon as we launch a new series called Weird Things That Christians Do. So wherever and however you are tuning in, we are so glad that you could join us. This is the Life Central Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to February's episode of the Life Central Podcast. It's our fifth episode, and rather excitingly, is the first of three-part series that we're calling Weird Things That Christians Do. I think we can be self-deprecating enough to admit that some of the things we do as Christians can be a little bit strange sometimes, but they're also full of heart, they're full of purpose, and often they're things that Jesus himself has asked us to do now. I don't know if you're a new Christian or if you've been a Christian for a long time, but I do know that there will be something for everyone, not only in today's episode, but for the whole series. You're going to want to stick around for these guys. They're going to be brilliant. We have a lot of ground to cover on today's episode, so I guess I better introduce our lovely guests. Joining me around the podcast table today are Sarah Jane, Steve and Leon. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Good. Good. Yeah, really good. Really, uh, really happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm so glad you're here. Um, I wondered maybe if we go round just quickly and you say hello to the listeners, who you are and why you're here. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name's Steve. Uh, I'm not only new to the church, so I've been with the church or here for about two years, but actually I'm new to uh, my Christian faith as well. So it's all very, very fresh for me, really. Yeah. Glad so, to hello. have you, Steve. Thank you. Sarah Jane? Yeah, I'm uh, Sarah Jane. I've been at the church for five years. Um, Before that, my family and I lived overseas working as missionaries in Asia um, and have been a Christian since I was four years old. So, yeah. That's awesome. I'm Leon, the lead pastor here. And uh, yeah, I've been a Christian for two weeks. No, it's (laughs) a lot longer than that. But yeah, great to be here with Sarah Jane and Steve and yourself, Debs. Looking forward to this conversation. Me too. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, So... I wanted to introduce our first, in inverted commas, weird thing. They're not weird when we really start delving into them. But uh, the first one we're going to talk about is prayer and fasting. And I wanted to read a quote that I'd seen recently, and it said this, fasting without prayer isn't fasting, it's dieting or deprivation. And it tells me that the two go hand in hand and that there is more to it, obviously, and that's what we're here to unpick. And Leon, I wanted to bring you in here first. uh, And I was just wondering if you could explain to all of us uh, what prayer and fasting actually is. Yeah, I heard an illustration recently, Debs, which really helped me. And it's from the world of music. If you um, can picture yourself at a concert theatre and there's an orchestra and they're about to start, all the instrumentalists are warming up and they're tuning up and they all tune on their like together. And so they're all making noise and it sounds a bit of a mess. And then the conductor will come out, tap the baton on the stand, and then everyone will stop. And then the oboe will play a middle A. And the reason the oboe plays the middle A is that the oboe is the pure purest sound it's 440 hertz technically and then all the other instruments the violins the violas the cellos the 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 woodwind the brass they'll all tune to that one sound 
And the illustration was that actually prayer and fasting is taking that time to actually let all the other noise go and tune into that one sound, tune into the voice of God, tune into who God is. And I think that really helped me actually, because there's so much noise in our lives. And so for me, prayer combined with fasting intensifies that aligning myself with God. So I think fasting, there are two aspects of fasting in the Bible. One is, is to it's always about going without. It's about denying yourself, often food, but not always food. It can be anything and we'll dig into that, I mm. guess. But it's going without in order that we can tune ourselves more into who God is. So it's about wanting more of God, but it's also secondary. It's also about seeing breakthrough in our lives as mm. well, in our lives and in the lives of others as well. And again, not a formula, not like, oh, if I fast, then God will do this. Mm. But it's intensifying that need, that desire, that hunger for God. And there's something about tuning myself in to who God is. So I think that for me, that's where prayer and fasting come into focus, really. I really love that description, Leon. I think it's a really beautiful metaphor. Um, off the back of that, Steve, um, I wanted to bring you in here specifically and kind of get you to think about three years ago, Steve. Um, and if I'd have said to three years ago, Steve, hey, Steve, I'm fasting, what would he have thought? I think it kind of becomes a, a twofold answer for me. So we kind of, we look at the fasting element and actually where I am within my own faith journey. Fasting isn't something that I'm doing and it's something that I haven't done at all. Mm. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's really good for me to be here today, you mm. know, to, to have this conversation with the three of you here and, mm. and to understand the why's the what's you know why are we doing it what are we fasting you know what are we giving up is mm. it just food or is it mm. technology you know mm. what do we consider to be fasting mm-hmm. um, so all of that I think is a great opportunity for me to learn at this mm-hmm. point um, and I think then when we look at what would Steve think of me now three years I think he'd have been confused um, I think it wasn't be an expected journey for me to be here you know and I think he'd be completely confused by that but actually on top of that he'd have been happy you know looking at where my life was three years ago to where it is now um absolutely three years ago Steve would have been over the moon for me I'm so glad glad hearing that it's so good um okay so we've done a little bit about what prayer and fasting is and I wanted to delve a little bit deeper i'm really passionate about anchoring the what we do in the why that we do it and so i guess i've got a couple of questions and the point uh, the the question is what's the point and why do we bother does someone want to jump in um i think for me um as i've fasted and prayed over the years that i've done it and and practiced it as a discipline um it's refocused me on who god is and and why i'm following him Uh, it's the act of giving something up to spend time with him whether or not that's food or, or whatever it is that you're fasting from it refocuses you and because you're not doing the thing that you would normally regularly do every time you go to do that thing or you go to grab something from the cupboard and remember it's like a reminder of oh no I'm not doing that and this is why and it it refocuses me more regularly around what I not generally do on who God is and why I'm fasting. Mm -hmm. Do you do it as a regular I know we'll come into this later but do you do it as a regular um, discipline or do you pick specific times that you choose to do it um so i personally do i always fast during lent um and it's various different things different things i'll fast um but then often i will um at the moment i'm just fasting once a week um because i'm praying for something in particular um and so that's refocusing me on that particular issue and then at different times in lives i've I've, it's been a regular discipline that i i do more often than that 
Leon, what's your wine? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a great faster, to, mm-hmm. to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. I remember when we were first married, me and my wife, we were, I was fasting one day and I was walking around Mary Hill and I was so grumpy because I hadn't eaten. And in the end, she gone and bought a Mars bar and literally shoved it in my face because <laughs> she said, you're too grumpy. So early on, it was like, I couldn't get over the fact that I was hungry. Yeah. But actually, as I did it more, the what the hunger does is the hunger focuses you on prayer. Mm. You know, so actually the physical sense of being hungry actually focused me on prayer. And I had a great quote, actually. It says, you can pray without fasting, but it's almost impossible to fast without praying. Wow. You know, so I think what for me, when I do fast, and I, and I don't fast like um, as a regular discipline, but there'll be times when I fast. Often it's like like Sarah Jane just said, when I'm, I'm, I'm really praying for somebody or looking for breakthrough uh, or during seasons of Lent or like we are at the moment as a church and we're having regular days of prayer and fasting. So I'll do that. And for me, my, my practice there is that I'll eat in the evening, then I won't eat again till the following evening. So I'll try and fast through through that whole day. Um, and, and, and I know that when I'm fasting, I'm praying. Yeah. Whereas sometimes when I'm praying, I'm not necessarily fasting. Yeah, does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, yeah, so I think for me, the fasting, the going without, uh, does stimulate me to want to pray more. Mm. And, and, I, and then my kind of belief there is that I'm trying to tune in, like mm. I said earlier, to the voice of God and to mm. the presence of God as well. But on it, for, for me, like recently, one of the things that I've, I've realized is that I was watching way too many box sets. Um, and actually the, the watching of box sets meant that there were other spiritual things that I was do that I wasn't doing. So again, I'm trying to cut down on some of those as well in order to, to put some of those other things back in my life as well. Steve, I'm like you. Um, I have historically been terrible at this. And I think when I have tried, I think my posture and my purpose has been all kinds of wrong. So I kind of, I've been reading through the Bible, preparing for today and just trying to work out where I kind of sit in all of this and I was reading about Jesus going into the wilderness in Matthew 4 and how he's been baptized and before he goes out into his formal ministry goes out into the wilderness and I've learned a couple of things uh the first one is from John Mark Comer I'm reading his book The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry at the moment and he talks about how Jesus goes out into the wilderness chooses to chooses to go into a quiet place into a place of solitude chooses to fast chooses to pray and I've always looked at that passage in the Bible and gone why are you weakening yourself? Like mm. surely after 40 days of prayer and fasting, you are going to be in such a weakened state. And we know what comes next because he gets tempted by the devil. And John Mark Comer goes, no, Deb, he, he isn't coming at this from a place of weakness. This solitude and this fasting and praying strengthens him. Mm. And not only that, but strengthens him enough that he's able to resist the temptation of the devil. There has to be something in it just after reading that. And then the other thing that really leapt out at me was how it says Jesus fast for 40 days and 40 nights and he was hungry. And I was like, well, of course he is because <laughs> it's 40 days and 40 nights. But there's nothing in the Bible by accident. And as I was reflecting on it, I suddenly saw the humanity of Jesus in this spiritual discipline. Suddenly this wasn't something that was on a pedestal for me. It was brought right down to my level because Jesus experienced this in his human form. And I don't believe for a minute that Jesus would have wasted a second of his insanely precious time on this earth, dedicating himself to something that wasn't worth it. Mm. There has to be something in it. And it's really stirred up something in me recently about wanting to engage in this discipline now, because if Jesus fasted, then why shouldn't we? Mm. And I felt really challenged and really convicted by it. Um, Sarah Jane, I was wondering if you could, you did touch on it just briefly. I was wondering if you would mind sharing with us your current experience of prayer and fasting. 
Yeah, so um, just recently, um, I've asked my son permission to share this story, but um, we moved home from uh, Asia about five years ago, and it was a big transition, and it was massive, and it was not expected at all, and our son's all they were all born overseas. They'd never lived in the UK. Um, and they all experienced it in different ways. Um, and one of my sons was really, really, really angry. Um, and angry at me because that was part of the reason why we came home because I got sick. Um, and then angry at just everything. Um, and he got involved in a relationship and it became quite toxic. Um, and I was praying and praying and praying and just not knowing what to do because he got to the point where he wouldn't talk to us. Um, he was out all the time. We weren't always sure where he was. Um, and then I said to my husband, Chris, let's just fast and pray. So we took every Thursday, we fasted and prayed for him. And about two weeks into that process, we started to see changes, yeah. um, started to see him um, just even recognizing the fact that we were in the same room as him. Um, and within about three or four months, the relationship had ended. He had really massively in a really deep and powerful way recommitted his life to Jesus. And now I think Leon, you would agree, he's a completely different person yeah. to what he was a year ago. Yeah. Completely different. Yeah. That's incredible. That's great. Maybe then let's get a little bit practical. Steve, have you got some questions you'd like to ask? Yeah, absolutely. I think from a, from a question point from from my side is uh, is is you know as I say as said earlier, really, what are we fasting for? Yeah. You know, what is it that we're actually giving up? Over what time scale okay. are, are we looking to do that? Those I think are, are quite important questions for for new Christians. Yeah, I think I mean there's there's all different kinds of kinds of approaches to this. There's there's what's called a partial fast. You know, then there's there's a, a day fast. Or I mean, my wife's done a week fast. She went on a whole conference once where it was seven days without food. You know, I know people who've done forty day fast. I've never done that. The most I've done is two or three days. Um, you know, so I'm, without food anyway. But I think it's not just about food. I think if we start with food, yeah. a partial fast might be i mean there's things called a daniel fast which mm. was where you know just vegetables just water that kind of thing so you're not eating meat and stuff but but you may just go go without a meal so often when i fast i'll go without a meal you know so i maybe not won't take lunch and and then i'm hungry at lunchtime and that hunger reminds me of why i'm fasting mm. so then i'm praying again mm. i can pray without fasting but it's almost impossible to fast without praying you know so even just a partial fast missing a missing a, a, a meal can be good or or then maybe you might, I might make it too you know or they might, might make it a whole day or that kind of thing but again it's not just food I mean there's lots of things we can fast we can fast from TV fast from technology you know you can fast from all kinds of things really. it's just that idea of kind of denying myself going a little bit without in order to make myself more in tune with God do you find more benefit from it being at a specific time or picking a specific time like Sarah Jane you mentioned Lent um, mm. specific days of the week like Lent's always been good for me because there's a lot of people doing it at the same time. So you've kind of got almost got that community feel. Mm. And the boys have picked that up because it's something I do every year and they've started doing stuff. Like one of my kids decided he was going to give up computer games for Lent. Wow, that was a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> these these answers are fantastic for me because actually I, I look at fasting as just giving something up and being miserable yeah. about something. Yeah. And actually I've never understood why and I, and I think that that fasting without prayer element that Leon's talking about is 
it is so impactful and so strong yeah. um, for for new Christians, and I think that'll be that'll be something that absolutely I can focus on going forward. So it's, it's perfect at the moment. I I wanted to just pick up off the back of something that you'd said, Leon, about how you know if you fast a meal and when you become hungry, you're prompted to pray. Mm. And I just mm. wondered, either from you or for Sarah Jane. Um, about how you're intentional about that time that you're fasting because yes okay you're reminded in those moments but I'm sure that there are things that you need to be to be intentional about this discipline that you're undertaking and maybe just share a little bit of wisdom about that with us I think for me I read a book years and years ago um, called Practicing the Presence of God and it was this monk that wrote it and it was talking all about just the everyday things that you do use them as prompts um, and so um I, and I, at the time I was working as an intensive care nurse and every time I washed my hands, I would just say a little prayer to Jesus or just say, thank you, Jesus, that my patient is still alive or please help me with this next mm-hmm. thing or, and just use that as an intentional prompt. And I think fasting for me has become that also. So whenever I feel hungry and I'm going to the cupboard to grab something, I'm like, oh no. And I'll stop in that moment. I'll just be like, okay, Jesus, I'm going to pray for that thing that I'm praying for. Or, okay, Jesus, is there anything you need to say to me? Mm-hmm. Um, so just use using it as a prompt um, to and not get all my, like sometimes I've eaten when I'm fasting because I've forgotten and then just be like, oh, I forgot, but okay, I'm going to reset and, and and carry on. It's not like, oh, because you ate, Jesus isn't going to hear your prayers or anything. It's more like just use it as a prompt. Use it as a way to reference the fact that you're doing something because you want to hear from God or you want a breakthrough in a certain situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. It's really important with this that we don't allow guilt yeah. or legalism to come in. And, yeah. you know, then it becomes, and, and in the Jewish culture, a lot of things like this had become that. So Jesus spoke quite a lot to that. He said, all oh, the Pharisees, you know, you do this and you do that and you pray on the street corner and you fast and you do all that. They all, they become spiritual badges. You're not more spiritual when you do these things necessarily. You know, it's not about that. And I think it's really important then. I mean, I've been on fast sometimes and have forgotten, <laughs> you know, and then eaten something and then think oh does this count is this really eating you know oh i won't chew it i'll just swallow it it's like oh, it's just and it's about not getting too too you know um kind of focused on that just let it like sarah jane said let it redirect us yeah. let let tune in again to that 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 middle a yeah. do you know what i mean just yeah. let's let's cut out some of that other noise and just tune in again to God and that's really important what I hear you guys talking about is remembering your purpose behind what, right. what you're doing yeah, and not getting right. stuck in the that's practicalities right. of that's what right. you're doing Absolutely. that's right I wonder if some of our listeners are now then are thinking we've talked a little bit about food but has it always got to be food no, no, absolutely. I mean, Sarah Jane said the uh, lad, you know, lad gave up gaming. You know, I, I think it's what what is a sacrifice for you as well. Right. You know, so so for me, it would be social media. Yeah. Uh, you know, putting my phone down. You know, and 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 TV and box sets and all of that. You know, it can be all kinds of things. Really, going without. Steve, does it encourage you? Hearing those things, absolutely. Um, I think if anyone that's met me, obviously he's gonna he's gonna know and and see that missing a meal is gonna be difficult for me. <laughs> um, so you know, anytime that again, I, I'm agree with Lee. I'm really social media and my phone are probably my worst thing outside of work, and I think that would be a, a fantastic place to start from a fasting point of view. So yeah, it's it's really good to hear. 
just as we kind of wrap up this first weird thing, uh, Leon, I just wanted to bring you in and kind of ask, like, where do the prayer days that we've just launched at church, mm. where do all of those come into this? Yeah, you know, we we felt for so long that that we need to push into prayer more as a church. And it's not that we don't pray, because we do. We pray in our connect groups and we pray, you know, in lots of other spaces. But we felt that actually of a regular rhythm or as a church, we're saying, okay, here's a day of prayer and fasting. And, then, and we're saying, fast however you want to fast you know a little bit you know food something mm. else it doesn't matter but a regular focus so we're looking at the last thursday of every month as a focus day and we're encouraging people to pray where they are mm. you know we're having some other times and we're using digital a lot so we're doing a facebook live in the morning zoom at lunchtime zoom in the evening we're looking at an in-person lunchtime as well we not everybody does zoom but again what we'll do every month is we'll put out some prayer pointers you know some direction for prayer and i just say to you and people like steve who are new in this whole journey just start just start just make a little start yeah, yeah. you know and that's the most important thing even if it's five minutes i'm just gonna take five minutes out to pray or i'm gonna miss one meal or i'm gonna you know put my phone down for an hour do, do you know what i mean and pray and just make a start and i think the power of this comes when we're all doing it and all get into a rhythm and i think god will do something through that in us and and through us as well um, listeners, I wonder if I might challenge you to consider then something that you might choose to fast over these prayer days. Mm. And um, as Sarah Jane shared about Lent coming up, that we might just be stirred and prompted to really jump feet first into this really powerful discipline. I guess it's time to move on to the second weird thing that we are talking about today. Now, if you've been at Life Central long enough, you'll have heard the words, an outward declaration of an inward decision. You'll have seen a hot tub at the front of church and people in made new t-shirts. I am, of course, talking about baptism and I am so excited for this section of the podcast Bit weird, isn't it, though, Leon? Watching someone get dunked in a hot tub on a Sunday morning. <laughs> what is it? It is really. My granddaughter, who's three and a half, loves baptisms. In fact, whenever she comes around the house, she says, can we watch the water? Can we watch the water? And I know what she means. She means we watch YouTube and we watch people getting baptised. And so much so that at nursery just a couple of weeks ago, she tried to baptise most of the other girls and kids in the nursery. <laughs> she got them crossing their arms like this. She got them putting down. It was hysterical. So it does seem a little bit strange. And I've tried to explain it to her as a three and a half year old that it's about following jesus and it's about when you want to choose to follow jesus so she says all of her friends at nursery are now following jesus <laughs> so Aww. i'm not sure where they are or not it's a great story it basically is that and it comes out of the jewish understanding that when you uh if somebody wanted to become part of the jewish faith they would have to ceremonially be washed and literally the word baptism it comes from the greek word baptizo and it literally means to wash or to dip or to submerge and so it was really it was a ceremonial thing but it was about um coming out of an old way of life and then starting a new way of life it didn't mean that you were kind of completely clean and sorted out but it was a it was a it was a it was a demonstration of an intent really so that from now on i want to go in a different direction and so for us baptism is so important because it marks that moment of me publicly saying i, I want to leave my old life and i want to live a new life 
And it's that, like you've said, it's that outward declaration of an inward decision. It's also an outward demonstration of a new association. So now the old has gone and the new has come, which is why on the T-shirts we put made new. Not made perfect, because that's not what we're talking about, but made new. And that's why baptism is so, so important. It is an act of obedience. Jesus says, believe and be baptized. Uh, you know, and as you said, uh, you know, he was baptized and, 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 and baptized others. And then John the Baptist obviously baptized Jesus. Jesus. And so you see the pattern in the Bible of believe and be baptized, believe and be baptized. I I wanted then, following on from that, to spend quite a bit of time on the why. Whether our listeners have been Christians for five minutes or 50 years, I think the why is just as relevant. And so that's my question. Why should we be baptized? I think for me, it's a it's it's declaring and and saying before everybody else that I'm putting Jesus first and I'm making him Lord of my life. And I think when you, um, you can think all sorts of things in your head, but when you actually say something, it becomes more of a reality. And I think this, in, in the act of getting into the water and coming back out again, you are making a public declaration that you're making Jesus Lord of your life. And um, for me, everything changed the day I got baptized. Even though I've been a Christian when I was four, I didn't get baptized till I was 14. And it, it, and it did. It was something spiritual happened for me in that moment. Something struck me as I was um, reading about Jesus's own journey in this. Jesus himself saw baptism as necessary, as you've just mentioned. What I thought was really interesting was how Jesus travels from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John the Baptist. That is not a short journey. It's a hundreds of kilometers long journey that Jesus did on foot because he saw the need and the necessity to himself be baptized. And a bit like I've said with prayer and fasting, if Jesus did, then why shouldn't we? Because ultimately Jesus is our example and that is whom we are trying to emulate with all of this. I wonder then if I could just ask you guys a little bit about your personal experience and your why. Why did you choose to be baptised when you chose to be baptised? Because from our little talk pre this podcast, it's a little different for all of us. Steve, maybe we'll start with you. For me, we could, if we were mobile now and walking around, I could, I could walk you down to room two in Owen House at the back of the church and take you to the seat where I made that decision, you know, sitting in an alpha, in an alpha meeting. Um, I had no intention of getting baptized. You know, I, I felt that I wasn't ready for that. Mm. Um, and I think we, we'd spoken about it with certain people within the church and actually I just wasn't ready. I don't know when I was expecting to be ready. Um, so we watched one video that day um, and it was basically about the fact that we will never be ready to get baptised. Um, and it really struck home to me in that moment. Um, so I kind of stood up within that within that meeting that, that day and said, I'm going to get baptised. Um, I actually had to come out and actually phone the wife and say, oh, I'm getting baptised in July, <laughs> um, which she was quite shocked about. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of why and how. Okay. Leon, what about you? Yeah, I mean, for me, I was brought up in a Christian home, um, so I was always aware of Christianity and, and faith. But 
the the church I grew up in didn't practice baptism. Mm. So I made a commitment to follow Jesus uh, when I was 15 for myself, um, but we didn't practice baptism. So then when I came out of that uh, church and ended up in a Pentecostal church um, and then met Alison, and she also grew up in the same denomination that I did. So she uh, was a Christian but hadn't been water baptized. So we both got water baptized together when we were engaged in our early 20s. So it was a few years after I became a Christian that I got baptized and that was just because we didn't practice adult water baptism in, in the denomination that I was in but I do remember um, being baptized and and it was it was still such a special moment even though I'd been a Christian for a few years then it was such a powerful moment and for me and for both of us I think it was an act of obedience yeah. but it was also about we wanted to like Sarah Jane said we want to put Jesus first yeah. and we wanted to declare that as well yeah. you know and even if you don't say anything the, the act of public baptism you're making a declaration mm-hmm. and and that's important for us but it's really important for people that we're witnessing to as well i wonder if somehow that declaration also encourages accountability yeah because you're publicly standing up and saying hey i'm going to follow jesus for the rest of my life yeah. and there's something in that i think sarah jane what about you um well i grew up in a baptist church so i'd basically be seeing people get baptized from the moment I was born um, but I didn't get baptised till I was 14 because I think it was an actual um, declaration for myself that this was my faith and not my parents faith anymore right, yeah. um, and it was something that I wanted to say publicly from my own mouth rather than oh I'm a Christian because I was I grew up here um, and so I invited my friends from school which was a massive thing for me I was quite shy when I was in high school um, and it really became this this is my moment this is where I really say Jesus you're my Lord um, and and people got to see that and people that weren't even Christians came and um, for them it was quite a moving experience and I enjoyed being able to share that with people I loved. We've maybe touched on this a little bit but I did want to delve deeper into it and it's is there something to be said for feeling ready? Should we wait until we feel ready? Steve, you kind of, you hinted at this. You were like, you watched a video that said, hey, you'll never be ready. And Leon, I know you want to jump in and share some thoughts on this. Do you know what? I think that this is one of the biggest stumbling blocks for, for people. And whoever's listening now, there will be some of you listening. You've not been baptized and you don't feel you're ready. That's okay. Nobody who gets baptized feels ready. In the Bible, people got baptized as soon as they believed in Jesus. So there's a story where Philip, the evangelist, is transported into the desert, which is another story in itself, comes across this Ethiopian guy uh, who's reading the book of Isaiah, and he doesn't understand what he's reading. And then Philip jumps into the chariot, and they talk about it, and his eyes are open, and he understands it's about Jesus, and he accepts Jesus, and they stop the chariot, and he gets baptized. There's no baptism class. There's no, you know, coming down to rehearse straight away. That was the pattern in the New Testament. You believe and you're baptized. You believe and you're baptized. I think we've made it something that it never was meant to be. Mm. We've made it about being ready. We've made it about knowing enough. We've made it about being good enough. Mm. We've made it about sorting our life out. It's none of that. It's about, I believe in Jesus and, and I'm going to get baptized. And then the reality is Jesus is going to work the rest out along the way. So I'd say to anyone listening, if you've not been baptized, you are ready. If you've made a commitment to follow Jesus and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, you're ready. So how do we encourage Christians then to be baptized if they haven't been already? 
I think as as most new Christians will, will go through stages and they, and they want to break it into to different stages of their their journey, um, and it, and it can't always be that way. You know, it's different for every single person that that comes through the church. Um, Alpha is always a fantastic place to start. Um, it gives you a an open free space really to to ask whatever you want. You know, of of, of sort of lifelong Christians and and get good answers. But it will sort of take you through that that journey, really, where you'll be able to to see a change in yourself and, and and see that you don't have to be ready to take away those misconceptions that you know we've got to be right and we've got to be in a certain place to to get baptized. Yeah, I guess it's about not being legalistic about it, isn't it? Like Jesus said, "Do it," and we should do it. I wanted to bring this home a little bit then, um, and just ask you all a bit of a personal question, and just ask you if you remember how it felt when you went down into the water and when you came back out again, and how that felt in that moment. Um, for me, it was um, a deeply spiritual moment, and and it's almost you can't explain it in words. There's there was just a sense of I'm really making it this decision and I'm never going to go back from this point and as I stepped into the waters it was like you're physically moving your body into that place and you're saying this is I'm giving it my all your whole body goes under you know, just a little bit of water you get absolutely drenched and sometimes you don't even come back up right Steve <laughs> yes <laughs> we'll come on to that <laughs> but um but it's and then coming up the other side there was just an immense sense of joy like like I've never felt before and and a sense of peace of like I feel whole I feel uh, I feel like I know who I am and I know who my God is and it was just a, a beautiful beautiful moment I love that I love that so much Steve what was it like for you yeah, well, as Sarah Jane said, I, I never nearly made it back up as uh, as our lead pastor seemed to try and drown me and drop me back in. Um, I think it it it's the elation of it really. It, yeah. it felt a natural step for me. Um, it wasn't that I was going to come out perfect. You know, I wasn't going to come up and just be you know the you know the the most holy person in the world. But actually, I've made some great decisions in my life and I've made a lot of terrible ones that has to be up there with the best decision I've ever made in my life to, to do that on that day. It's mm. amazing. I think for me, just before I talk about myself, I think I guess I remember baptising Steve really on that day. And, and we just, you know, over the year or so that 18 months he'd been coming to church, become friends. And, and it was just a beautiful moment. And, and it was hard to get him out of the water because he's not a small lad. He's Thank not you. a small lad. So it was difficult. <laughs> but like, it was the elation, like you use that word elation. And it's about, it's a little moment that speaks of a whole story. You know, and I think knowing some of Steve's story and journeying that through with him as well, it was a celebration moment for him, but it's a celebration moment for me as well mm -hmm. and for many others, you know. And I think on that same day we baptised Steve, we baptised Phil, who who we'd been praying for for 19 years, Amazing. you know, 19 years. And again, that, so, so everyone's journey is different, but, those, but baptisms give you a moment to celebrate uh, yeah. And I think that's so important yeah. and it's important for family and for friends. And I think for those family and friends who are there who aren't Christians, it speaks so loudly, so yeah. powerfully because yeah. they know you. You know, they know they know you warts and all, they know all the ins and outs, they know all the good points and all the bad points, but they can't deny that something's happened yeah. to that person. And I think that's really powerful. I think I would say, you were asking the question why, I would say, why not? <laughs> 
yeah, just the on. joy yeah. and the celebration that's yeah. in those and you only have they're my favorite services to come yeah. to mm-hmm. everybody says that they love baptism yeah. services just because of the sheer joy yeah. of seeing a life changed and turned around and just the stories mm-hmm. are beautiful and I think well, I, all of my kids have been baptized and each of their stories is very different but I love just like each one of them I've got a picture of every single one of them. every single one of them, they come out the sheer joy on their face is just beautiful so yeah we can ask the question why but why not why not I love that I love that you know it's such an encouragement as well like even if we have been Christians for a long time like I've I've never not come to a baptism service here and not left in tears because in that moment you're reminded of the change that Jesus did in your own life right. and you yeah. know That's what right. that person in that baptism That's tank right. is going through right. it just it reduces me to tears every time I think That's about right. it it's so powerful I yeah. just I just love it so yeah. much yeah so true yeah and, and I think I think that like Sarah Jane said and what you've just said the joy that there is there as well and that's hope and it's good news and we need that and so I think the more we experience that you know I think that's going to build momentum as well you know because I think our world right now it needs so much joy and good news and there's so little of it and when you hear a story and you see a life that's been changed and is being changed because we're not finished yet I think that's so good yeah so if we have Leon some listeners mm. who have been challenged by today's episode yeah. and want to be baptized yeah. yep so basically sign up now what we are last year 2023 was our record year of baptisms 52 which is great and and i felt god say to me that's like one a week and then i was reminded straight away that on the day of pentecost three thousand people were added Mm -hmm. and the bible says that in acts 242 and the lord added to their number daily those who were being saved Mm -hmm. so god said to me what would it be like if 365 people were baptized in a year come on because that would be equivalent of daily now that feels that seems you know so far away but why not so we really believe in god that god will increase the amount of baptism so what we're doing is we're going to put more baptism services in but basically if you're ready and you are ready if you're a christian okay and you've and you've not been baptized in water you are ready sign up go on our website sign up and just register your interest there'll be lots of baptism services coming throughout 2024 Mm -hmm. so there'll be lots of spaces we're looking at sam Hughes and harvey are looking at youth and kids as well we're going to have some baptisms which are next gen baptisms so just for youth and kids and then some which are more for adults as well there'll be loads of opportunities throughout the year more than we normally have so just register and then and then you can look at a date pick a date and then we'll we'll take you through it the guys prepare you for it you know they'll talk to you about telling your story you don't have to tell your story the bigger we get the more people we get baptized the harder that's going to get anyway but you don't have to tell your story you can do it on video you can do it on social media you don't have to do it at all or you can do it live as well so there's lots of different options we'll help you through every step of the way just sign up thanks what an incredible conversation um sarah jane steve leon thanks for a great discussion today thanks for your vulnerability and for your encouragement your perspective all of the things. Um, I hope you enjoyed yourself as well. It's been great. Thanks, Thanks Dave. Dave. <laughs> really Thank you. Um, li- listeners, let us know what you enjoyed about the episode. Leave us a comment on the Life Central socials or on your podcast platform. We'll see you in March for part two of Weird Things That Christians Do, uh, where we'll be looking at worship and communion. But until then, ta a bit. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then don't forget to like, review and subscribe to our podcast. 
please, please share it as far and wide as you possibly can. Not only will it help our visibility, but more importantly, it will help us to share the good news of Jesus with our wider community. And if you have any suggestions of any questions or topics you would like us to cover in future episodes, then please get in touch with us on the Life Central socials. We'll see you soon for the very next episode of the Life Central podcast.